Welcome to the Zen Exotic Zoo podcast presented by Zen Habitats. I'm your host, Casey. I am a certified vet tech and animal care manager here at Zen Habitats. At Zen Habitats, we are focused on improving the standard of reptile care by providing high quality products and exceptional customer service. In this podcast, we'll be bringing you engaging interviews from leading experts within the animal industry, including breeders, veterinary staff, entrepreneurs, and so much more. If you're ready to learn about some fascinating reptiles and other critters, make sure you subscribe to our channel on your favorite podcast platform. You are now listening to Casey Talks Critters, Episode 7, Talking Tegus, featuring Jessica Vazquez of Little Monsters Reptiles. Hey Zen friends, it's me, Casey, and I am back with another episode of Casey Talks Critters. Today I have a very special guest. Her name is Jess Vazquez, and she is so amazing. She's a former vet tech slash vet assistant like myself, and her and her husband, um, co-own this amazing company called Little Monsters. They mainly focus on New Caledonia geckos, but Jess has a very super sweet spot or sore spot, sweet spot. She has a soft spot. That's the term for tegus. <laughs> She's got about 13 of these guys. So I figured she'd be a great um, professional to talk to about tegus and answer any of our fan questions. So if you like this video, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that notification bell so that you can be notified for more episodes. We're going to be giving you a brand new Casey Talks Critters episode once a month. So, Miss Jess, how are Hello. you? Thank you for joining me. Thanks <laughs> awesome. for having me, Casey. Oh, awesome. So, I guess what I want to talk about, like, we'll just get right into it. And I want to know your experience with animals. Where did you get started? I started really young where I used to like bring home six stray cats from the streets and be like mom like look what I found and she's like oh my god no no we like put that back where you found it and little me didn't know you're not supposed to feed cats ham and cheese but I did it in there I was like they love ham and cheese I used to share with them um I always loved reptiles but my mom like being a Korean mom was like, that's not a girl thing to do. Like, mm. we don't have reptiles here. Like, look at this kitten, look at this puppy. Like, that's more our style. Mm. And so it wasn't until I met Anthony. <clears throat> I met him in 2007. And he like kind of had his reptiles. He was like, he didn't want to tell me he had them. He's like, this girl's going to think I'm weird. So, and then when I found out, I was like, oh my God, you have reptiles. Can I see them? Like, and then he's just like, yeah, I have to feed my boa today. I'm like, can I do it for you? Like, can I feed them for you? He had tokes at the time. He had a leopard gecko and I bonded with all of them. And he kind of told me his life dream of like, oh, I wanted to breed crested. I've bred Leos in the past. And I'm like, yes. Like, how do you do that? You know? Yeah. And so he took me to my first reptile expo. Mm-hmm. And it was a NARBC when mm-hmm. they used to be in California. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got my first bearded dragon oh. from Sunfire, Sunfire. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also got a crested gecko at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had them like previous, but he didn't when I first met him. Mm-hmm. So we got one crested gecko mm-hmm. and one bearded dragon. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like fueled this fire for us and one crested gecko ended up being five and five ended up being 20 and then he was like well I was you know when I was a teenager I thought you know talking to my uncle like what if this was a business like what if I had a reptile business and I was like yes like let's do this so little monsters was his childhood dream Mm -hmm. and I kind of just like let's do this together and we started that in 2008 
Oh my god, that's beautiful. It's couple goals. Like, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I like for literally sure. have goosebumps. Like, it was so cute. Oh, I love yeah. you guys. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I think that is that is fantastic that you have been able to turn your passion into a career. And that is a big part of what I like to bring people on this show to teach our fans and our customers, um, especially our younger fans, like, this is mm -hmm. how you get into it. Like, it, it's possible. Like, you can have it a fulfilling, is, yeah. happy life in your work. Like, it is possible. Mm -hmm. And I want to share that with them to get them to where they need to be. So thank yep. you. <laughs> and we were very, we were very fortunate to have met Alan Rapashi, like, so early on. Mm -hmm. um, we yeah. got a handful of geckos from him like in the beginning that was like kind of the foundation of our breeding groups was from alan rapashi and yeah, yeah. we just befriended him he became our mentor like he taught mm -hmm. us a lot of things mm -hmm. um and especially like because i've always liked vet med like mm -hmm. vet like just learning and mm -hmm. like how do you take care of these things like what are the signs to look for so just having that as a background too kind of helped i think a great segue now is let's talk about Tegus. You have so much experience with them. I know you love them so much. You're so excited. So why do you think Tegus are so cool? Tegus are so cool because they're so personable. One, they're really smart. So they recognize you. Um, the first Tegu I got was in like 2007, 2008. And I told Anthony, I, I lied to him, actually. <laughs> I didn't tell him. I was like, they get a little bit bigger than bearded dragons. They're really cool. I actually treated my first Tegu like a bearded, so I carry her on a leash. Like, we'd go to the grocery store. Okay, she did not like that. She did, she was like, why am I so high up, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, but we would treat her like a dog, and we'd take her to the front yard and throw, like, blueberry treats for her. And so that's where it started. Um Unfortunately, the biggest breeder at the time passed away. Mm -hmm. And so tegus became a little hard to find. You mm -hmm. know, they were really difficult to come by. So we only had the one. Mm -hmm. And then we found a blue. And that was just so rare back then. Mm -hmm. and we were just like, what is this? It, like, Because to us, it looked like just a smaller black and white. Mm -hmm. It was, but it had like a blue tinge to it. But it was also high white mm. so we got really obsessed with blues back then but yeah. we couldn't find them anywhere so even just seeing one at a show for like breeders like hey like this is one of my breeders this is what i'm working on we're just like oh my god like that is what we want to do we want to make blues yeah um but actually we we haven't bred our entire collection so we have like we've built it where we're just like this is really nice this will look really good like what if we you know this and we're okay with the hybrids too we're okay with breeding the, the reds with the the blues or the black and whites like they make really beautiful combinations yeah um absolutely but on a breeding standpoint like i think it gets hard because of who's purchasing them um people don't realize that you know they're small and they're really cute, but they grow up really big. They grow and depending on what they're eating, their appetite, if there's others around, like if, you know, like they can grow almost full size in a year, yeah. you know? So yeah. you have this little like, oh, I brought it in a deli cup at the show to needing like that 40 gallon isn't gonna cut it. Like no. you can do it for a couple months, but depending on how fast they're growing, like 
They need a lot of space and they eat a lot of food. Absolutely. You're yeah. absolutely correct. And I think that is something yeah. that I see for sure when I go to shows and I'm like, oh my God, baby Tegus, you're so cute. So cute. <laughs> but it's like, oh my God, you're a big lizard. You're yeah. going to be a big lizard. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. For me, my experience with Tegus is mainly, you know, the ones that would come into the clinic for appointments. We have Rosie here. She's a red Argentine Tegu and she's absolutely amazing. I'm obsessed with her. We do a lot of training together and um, she's just brilliant. Like she's just such a cool lizard. Like, and she, yeah. you know, she's got her sassiness, et cetera, but like <laughs> she is so smart and so, she's mm -hmm. very food motivated. Like we can train her to pretty much do anything because she's got that yeah. high food motivation and it's, yeah. So they are fun for that to like, you know, we are doing um clicker training. Um and next I really want to get into target training. Oh wow. Training. Yeah. I haven't tried that. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah. So for clicker training, what I do, I just like, you know, click, give a bug, click, give a bug, and then like when she does like, something that I want. For dogs, click. like training a dog. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> All right. That's cool. Yeah, but it's totally been So working. I've um I've towel trained mine. Oh. So they do have a crazy feeding response. Mm -hmm. If people don't know, like they're just like, oh, he's trying to bite me. I'm like, no, like you have to like decipher, like, is this a friend or is this food? It, why is it moving? What is it? And sometimes they're just like in a frenzy where they're just like food, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. So I've towel trained them where I just like show them my towel mm -hmm. or their towel. Yeah. And they're like, oh. I'm going to come out. So they'll kind of like be inquisitive and come out on the towel and I'll like lift them up. Mm -hmm. They don't like being restrained. Like yeah. that's when you're going to fight with your tegu. Like mm -hmm. they're just like, oh my God, something has captured me. You know, they're going to thrash around. They're going to death roll on you. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of like, you have to build trust with them. Mm -hmm. So they know that you're not capturing them and you're not restraining them. You're just kind of letting them be. Mm -hmm. um, so you start at a young age to let them know, like you're not trying to hurt them. Yeah, yeah. Food yeah. helps. But yeah, no. <laughs> and training is just always you always have to do it like yeah. so you can't just exp like even if you get a really nice like well like hand tamed one from a breeder like you have to keep up with it because mm -hmm. the moment you just put them in an enclosure and feed them they're like this is my life like I stay mm -hmm. in here this is my safety zone I eat here and there's no reason to bond with you mm -hmm. yeah no so. it definitely it's they get in their ways and they're very comfortable to be solitary but they're also very comfortable if you bond with them to be that exactly. snuggly lizard but it yep. does take so much time and so much trust to get there for sure yep. mm -hmm. and if you do one thing wrong sometimes they're just like well i remember because they're really smart like <laughs> i remember this one time you know this one so thing that's happened like, doing that again yeah <laughs> yeah so you kind of have to like retrain them like no like yeah you know mm -hmm. and yeah and it's like it's fun it's fun and it's really rewarding but mm -hmm. it's work <laughs> yes absolutely yeah so i think this kind of goes into um you know we talked a bit about uh, why we like tegus but let's talk about some of the 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 key points that might be you know problems in our in our daily lives keeping reptiles so there's a yeah. lot of tegus in captivity do you mm -hmm. um why are there so many, do you think? One, they're really prolific. So depending on what you're breeding, like you can have anywhere between 20 to 40 babies. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. So our first black and white, we bred her last season. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, but it was a good experience for us because she did lay like 40 eggs. 
and um, one baby hatched <laughs> one baby so I have the one baby yeah. Um, oh, yeah. but yeah mm, wow. that's why there's just so many and also two people like the first time buyer mm. you know first do your research they get really big they need a lot of space they need time if you want to bond with them mm-hmm. and a lot of these guys end up in rescues or they get placed in other homes because they're just like you know what they get overwhelmed mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and also one thing that people don't realize is that they do go through tegu puberty yes. it's called guberty yes. and so you're bonding with this like beloved tegu you've had this tegu and then the hormones kick in and then they they want nothing to do with you during that time yes. they're just like don't touch me like they start spazzing out a little bit they're kind of like is there another tegu around and you're just like what happened? What happened to my baby? <laughs> yeah, just stick with them. Yeah. They will grow. They grow out of that. <laughs> I just want to, I just like, I think people, they're just like, they kind of like get scared of that. And it's like, no, like they, yeah. they grow out of it. Yeah. Oh, they no. calm down a lot after that period. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> that is very good. Um, so because, okay. So my next question is, are they tricky to establish? And have you found any methods that are useful? So I guess for me, the trickiest part would be the size, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's trying. So I see behind you, you have a nice big outdoor enclosure. (laughs) You have all sorts of really big, big enclosures. So maybe you can tell me a little bit about those. So when they're little, they'll utilize the space that you give them, but also they'll hide a lot because they don't know you. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to put a baby in here. Like, I'm not even going to put a juvenile in here. Like, Mm -hmm. they're going to get overwhelmed really quickly. And Mm -hmm. every time they see you, they're going to try to run away. Mm -hmm. So I do start them off in something smaller, depending on the size. So I will have, like, a 30 or 40 gallon. Mm -hmm. But keep in mind, they do get upgraded as appropriate. Like, Mm -hmm. but once they have a smaller space, they kind of know, like, oh, I can come out. Like, this is where my food is. This is where I come out with. But things that for husbandry wise you have to have uvb on them like Mm -hmm. you absolutely have to have the proper uvb lighting for them Mm -hmm. you have to have the proper lighting Mm -hmm. and they like to burrow so they they like to have enough substrate where they can completely cover their bodies and that's what makes them feel safe yeah so establishing them is all husbandry like do your research you have you absolutely have to and diet Mm. um if they're not getting enough calcium in their diet like the babies will start twitching their back legs and that's from not having enough like calcium and the like you have to check your uvb you have to check the diet and yeah. Other than that, if your husbandry is on point and you're feeding them the proper diet, like it's a great path. They're like dogs. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no, absolutely. No, you're 100 yeah. percent right. Do you think they're going to be any bigger in the future as the hobby expands? As the hobby, I think they're pretty big right now. It's just the laws and regulations where a lot of people are kind of losing their their right to breed these animals they're like they've dedicated a lot of their like time resources they've bonded and they've like created amazing facilities with these animals right Mm -hmm. but then the government comes in and says hey they're an invasive species you can't own these here and so luckily we have us arc who's fighting for us you know like support them please go check out their website like learn your laws and regulations for these guys because not every state can have them Mm -hmm. um 
but they do a tremendous job, you know, putting the word out there. Mm -hmm. Like, so we as keepers know what's going on as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And they give us a voice with like, cause you know, like one person's not going to do like the government's going to be like, who are you? Right. (laughs) But when we have an entire industry joining together and we're like, Hey, like Mm -hmm. you don't know the information, like this is what it is. Like, like you, you're misunderstanding, you know? Mm -hmm. So please go check them out. Um, learn your laws and regulations. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 100%. I'll make sure that we include a link towards, um, for us arc and the Lacey act. It's very, very important stuff to read. So Mm -hmm. 100%. Thank you Jess for mentioning that. We'll definitely have it. Yeah. Back to your question, I think it's kind of like plateaued because of that. We, we're kind of not sure where that's going. A lot of the Florida breeders, um, yeah, they got out of it or they're getting out of it. And yeah, that's, you know, they they thrive out there. Like, I mean, it's just so perfect. For um, a hobbyist or someone who is interested in getting a tegu, who do you think a good owner would be? Ooh, I know. <laughs> like, okay, so like an ideal keeper or an ideal like person to buy from? Oh, an ideal keeper. Keep. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So an ideal keeper would be someone who does their research, mm-hmm. like do a lot of research before you get them. Mm-hmm. But also before you buy an animal or bring them into your home or adopt, like learn about them, learn, like, are you ready for this? And also prepare the enclosure first, like have the space for it. Like what I see is people are like, well, it's going to take a while. So I'm going to start them off in this and then I'll figure out as I go. Like, no, like just have a game plan for it now because they will get big. And before you know it, they're going to need a full size enclosure. Yeah. Um, for Rosie, you know, when we first got her again, tiny little Tegu, she was in yep. a four by two by two and she was doing great in there. Now mm-hmm. she is in an eight by four by four foot enclosure. It's massive. And, and she utilizes all the space, exactly. right? Exactly. Like she could probably potentially go even bigger to be More, honest. Yeah. Like, but she's yep. got great basking spots, great digging spots. She's got a pool. Like, you know, she's got all of the things that her little Tegu heart can desire. <laughs> Yeah, they do need that. They like to soak in their water. She does. Um, so you you want it? Yeah, like not everyone does, but like they they like to have the like ability to. Exactly, that's the. Thing. And they're actually really great swimmers. If you've seen them swim, they're so cute. Well, it's just that like very like sleek like kind of like iguana. Swim. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Um. So then the next thing is um. Does Zen, since this is a Zen Habitat show, do we have an appropriate enclosure for said takers? <laughs> I believe you do. The thing about the enclosure space is having a temperature gradient for them because they will regulate their own temperature. So mm-hmm. when they need the heat, they'll go to the basking spot. But when they're getting too warm, they'll go to the cooler spot. So mm-hmm. like you have to have a large enough space where they can regulate their own body temperature. Yeah, absolutely. And especially because it's mm-hmm. such a large lizard, they need to really move it's a whole body somewhere else you know yeah if you have a three foot lizard then you have to have another three foot of space somewhere else that's not where they are yeah (laughs) (laughs) when we put them outside actually they actually got a lot stronger from the natural sunlight and just having the ability to 
to like climb up the cork or their wood that's in there and you see them like actually build muscle in their lower legs and they're kind of like standing really strong and proud Mm -hmm. and it's been the most rewarding is like actually getting them from small size and getting them to a a built enclosure outside and you see them early mornings because inside they don't wake up until 10. they're just like you know it's dark like i'm not but when they're out here, I see them like 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. They're like getting the early morning sunlight. Oh, I love so that. Different, definitely different behavior inside and outside. Yeah. And you're so fortunate to live in an area that you can do this. Like that is so great. Yeah, I live absolutely. in New England. We can't have tegus outside. We can for maybe like two weeks. <laughs> Just, yeah. Know, maybe a little <laughs> bit longer than that, but you know. <laughs> So all our tegus are brew mating right now. Um, I have a couple that are being stubborn and they're just like, you know, I still like food. I still like basking and I don't want to go to sleep. So yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Um, but the majority of them are sleeping. Um, yeah. So that's great. Because it gives you a little bit of a break. I, I want them to stay outside. I want them to have the space. So yeah. as soon as it gets cold enough, they start doing their own thing. They start like nature yeah. kicks in. They brew mate. Yeah. I bring them in safely inside and yeah. I check on them every once in a while. But they're in a deep sleep right now. They even have their winter coat or like that thick shed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So when they bust yeah. out in spring, it's just going to be like. Pop. <laughs> yeah. And it's their coat that actually like protects them through, you know, while they're sleeping. Yeah. So that's important. But also. When they come out of brumation, you have to really get them on a proper diet with a proper supplement, like, yeah, because they need to shed that and it's really thick. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, something that I've recently learned, I actually learned from you that red tegus shed differently than black and white tegus. So they do a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. it, it's really interesting because um, I, you know, it's not that she's having like a horrible, horrible shed, but her shed's not great. But what I've learned from you is, to, you know, um, vitamin B complex. Oh my God. It's yeah. amazing for them. So thank yep. you. <laughs> You're welcome. And that's the thing about the industry too, is just, we're all friends. You know, if you have a question, we're not going to be like, Hey, you're doing this wrong. It's your fault. It's like, you know what? There's a way to fix this. Like yeah. let's team together. Like let's like, because it's all about friendship. It's about community. It's about the health of your animal. So yeah. like, let's all be together. And like, this is a journey, you know, yeah. and there's no, like, we're not trying to rush to a finish line. Like this is it. This yeah. is, you know, we're going through we're it. We're passionate right about this for a reason. Yeah. And we are, yep, all absolutely. In it. you know, like we're in it because we love what we do. And that's mm-hmm. it, you know. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have some fan questions, and okay. one of them you already answered, and it was about Tegu puberty. <laughs> so because that, really <laughs> yeah. that is definitely yeah. a big thing that um, a lot of people, I guess, don't know that they do go through this big hormonal change, and they can turn into yeah. Not so friendly for a little while. <laughs> they do grow out of it. Yes, you just have to be patient with them and. It's you know, like give them their teenagers, space when right? they go. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I was attitude. pretty difficult. Let's be real. Like, <laughs> No comment. <laughs> I think it has to do with like, we're like the rebellious, like reptile girls, oh, yeah. right? So we got into trouble. Yeah. It just happened. Oh, but the tegus are like rebellious at that age too. They're just yeah. like, you want me to do this? No, no. I'm going to go do this. No, I want to bite you. I'm going to bite you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've only had one tegu bite my entire existence of tegu and it wasn't even and honestly it wasn't that bad um that does not mean that a tegu bite can't be bad this one was a little warning bite 
and she just grabbed mm -hmm. and let go. And I'm really happy that that's all it was because it could have been a lot yeah. worse. It, they have their body language, right? Mm -hmm. So they'll tell you when, you know, hey, I'm not happy with this. Mm -hmm. Or they're telling you, hey, I'm in a feeding frenzy and anything that moves is fair game. So yes. <laughs> I think when you're working with tegus, you really have to learn their body language and stay calm. Yeah. I think they don't, like, once you're just like, oh, my God, da 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 when you freak out, you freak them out too. And it be, like it gets worse. So yeah. just stay calm. Mm -hmm. If they're getting away from you, that what I learned, it's kind of like working in the clinic and you get this cat that's like, yeah, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. wrap them in a towel. Yeah, exactly. Wrap them in a towel. Like Make you, you kind of like, yeah. yeah. And then all their claws are like within the towel. So they're not going to scratch you. And you just kind of like, like a burrito hug, like a tegu hug. Like, you're just like it's gonna be okay. And then you just calmly put them like in their enclosure. Mm -hmm. They just want to be safe, you know. Yeah. So and when they're like being like that, they're just like they, something triggered them. Yeah. No, absolutely. And mm -hmm. I I feel that too because like I I don't want to be like if I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Spottle me up. Put me back to bed. I'll be yeah. <laughs> like just a blanket. Just like <laughs> yeah. I know. Give me my weighted blanket. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Tegu's actually like they respond really well to that. Like sometimes you'll get the occasional death roll within the towel, but mm -hmm. you're just to hold them and you, don't squeeze them, <laughs> but just like lightly, like, you know, and then just kind of put them on their way. You're, yeah. you're fine, you know. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. So the other question from our fans is, I wanted to talk about some good food options and some good staples for tegu's. What what sort of things do you like to feed your guys? Um, it depends on how many I'm feeding at the time yeah. and it's all because when you have 13 you have to think about you want to give them high quality food you want to take care of them you want to give them what they need but you also want to save a little bit of money mm -hmm. um so I have a freezer full of rodents for them mm -hmm. so I and it's not just rats because you can't they can but they'll get fatty from that and it's not sustainable to just feed them rats all the time so mm -hmm. i have rats i have chicks i have um organ meats like liver heart yeah um all that good stuff that, yeah. but if you're if you're feeding whole prey like at least once a week like they do get everything they need from that mm -hmm. but if you're supplementing with like organ meats you have to calcium dust them mm -hmm. and depending on okay so the tricky part is D3, right? Because mm -hmm. it is a fat soluble. So it does get stored in their fat. So you can have D3 toxicity in animals. And that's a really big thing. So you do want to know what you're doing when you're doing with that. So when you're doing, like when they're little, they'll eat bugs. So they'll eat crickets, dubias, mealworms. You do want to like D3 calcium dust them. Mm -hmm. Don't overdo it. Just like a dust like you would do with geckos. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, if you start just dousing everything in calcium D3, you may have a problem later on. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, do your research on that. That's a big one yeah. um, is diet. They do eat everything, though. Yeah. <laughs> Basically everything. Because they are omnivores. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they so do. but also too, um, people say, hey, I can't get my tegu to eat they're greens they're mm -hmm. vegetables they don't want to eat vegetables they don't want to eat fruits mm -hmm. but if you're gut loading your animal like your feeders mm -hmm. they're already getting that from them mm -hmm. so if you want your tegus to eat like 
green beans, let's mm-hmm. say, or like zucchini, mm-hmm. feed it to the dubias. The yeah. dubias will ingest them and then the tegus will eat them. And it's kind of like a well-rounded diet. Yeah, like that's absolutely. how they get their veggies. If they don't want to just eat the bowl of veggies. Yeah, know? no, I know. Rosie is not a big fan of her veggies, but what I tend to do with her is I like the product Reptilinks. I get like the mm-hmm. the fruit veggie version. So it's got the fruit, yep. it's got the veggies, and it's got the whole protein or the whole prey items blended down yep. into a nice little sausage. <laughs> and, you know, it works really well for the one tegu. It might not be yeah. super um, cost effective if I had 13 tegus, but um, it works really well We used well to for do me. Reptilinks. Yeah. yeah. So Reptilinks actually has a tegu hatchling yeah. like bundle. Mm-hmm. So they have, they do have different sizes. They have the ones that come in a tube mm-hmm. where it's just, you can just put it out, like Squeeze take it, it out yeah. and it's just, yeah. So it's not in the, the link mm-hmm. because tegu when they're little, like they can't eat the whole like sausage or you can cut them too, but. Okay. So I think we went over some really great tegu information and this is the part of the show where I I want to talk to you more about your career, like I said in the beginning of the show, to kind of, you know, help others who might be interested in doing this. And I just, it was really big for me when I was learning to like learn from other people. So I just want to be Mm -hmm. that person and provide information for others. So here we are. So um, my first thing or first question I want to ask you is, um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue a career similar to yours? Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, do your research. Okay. So do your research. And I know when you get started, there's so many options. Like this whole world opens up to you, right? So learn what you want to work with first. Don't try to do 20 different species at a time. That's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot. And you're going to get overwhelmed really quickly. So find what you want to work with, like a specialty. Like I want to specialize in crested geckos. Mm -hmm. Well, what within the crested geckos do you want to work with? Because that also opens up so many opportunities and different ways that you can go with that. Mm -hmm. So what specifically do you want to do is the biggest advice. You can get overwhelmed really quickly because there's so many amazing reptiles out there. So what do you want to do? Focus on that. Mm-hmm. And see, like, is it is it cost savvy for you? Because this hobby can it can swallow you up because you're okay. You're getting this animal, and you're like, oh well, it's just you know it's inexpensive. But you're taking care of this animal for the entirety of its life, right? So that's where the real cost comes in: is the maintenance, it's the housing, it's the time that you invest with them. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Figure out what you want to do. Yeah. First. Yeah. Research. You have yeah. to have a have a game plan. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, is there a myth about your profession that you want to debunk? The biggest myth or misconception is that there's only one good way to do it, mm-hmm. and sometimes you'll come across the wrong people where they'll really get upset with you for doing it one way, but. My biggest thing is you don't want them to just exist in your collection. You don't want them to just be there. You want them thriving. You want them happy. Like, are they getting the enrichment that they need or are they just kind of just living there with you, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So there's not the, okay, the myth is there's only one way to do it. That's not true. There's so many different ways. And I, the way I approach it is I, 
learn. Like I read books, I find out all the information I can, I piece it all together. I ask people that have a lot of experience with it. Mm -hmm. But also I'm going to go look up the natural environment of these animals, you know, because how can we replicate that? Like, what can we do to make them feel like the most like comfortable, you know, like, and it's not even just checking the weather for one month of the year. It's what is the overall picture of their environment, their natural environment, and how can we replicate that for them? Yeah, absolutely. That is so important. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. And here at Zen, we're really big on the whole Thrive thing. We That mm-hmm. is what we are here for. Like we want to make reptile husbandry, we want to bring it up. We want to advance it. We want to absolutely. you know, really show that these animals are so special and mm-hmm. they deserve to be treated as such. They deserve to have everything appropriate. They deserve yep. to have a naturalistic environment. Like, Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's I, it's what I would want if I was a little lizard. <laughs> Funny thing too. Okay, for your tegu, have you noticed that she doesn't like it when you move things around in her enclosure? Sometimes. Like, have you noticed that? Yeah, it can be a little like, in her ways. <laughs> yeah, and they'll actually move their furniture around too. Like whatever you have, they're just like, I like it like this. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you're talking about letting them thrive and you build this beautiful enclosure for them, sometimes they're not going to keep it that way. Yeah. Like they're going to move it to what makes them comfortable. So yeah. I'm like, okay, my biggest, advice, <laughs> I gave you the resources. <laughs> yeah. No, my biggest advice for anyone who is setting up a Tegu enclosure, if you're going to do live plants, make sure they're potted in like heavy, heavy pots because they are going to get knocked over and dug up. It's oh yeah. Yeah. Going to happen. <laughs> yeah. We don't actually have natural like plants in the enclosure so we actually have it like i don't know if you can see but yeah. we have a fig tree here oh yeah so we got you shade know, coming so we, up over yeah and then we have another like fruit bearing oh, tree here very nice so that also gives them fruit sometimes like i'll just pick it like once it's ripe and i'll give them like fresh like figs from the tree but it provides them like like shelter almost yeah. you know even though it's not in the cage it's outside so mm-hmm. it's giving them that shade it yeah. makes them feel safe yeah. it protects them from the elements like yeah. is it gonna rain is it gonna you know yeah, so yeah. if your animals don't like it inside mm-hmm. you can always have it on the outside to kind of like build that like yeah. around them you know yeah oh i love that i you your tegus are spoiled <laughs> <laughs> um all right so then a couple more questions yeah. What is the biggest challenge that you're facing in your current projects and how are you tackling it? <laughs> My biggest hurdle, I would say, is I love everything. <laughs> I wanted to, I want everything. Like I and I do it, okay, the husbandry and then like taking care of them that part is a hundred percent me, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'll have my friends come over or like people come to help me. Mm -hmm. Um, Anthony builds these enclosures, like all, like he does all of this stuff. So it, it helps to work with the team. But when you're doing a lot of things solo, the problem I'm having is personal time. Right. Okay. So when you start a business in something that you're so passionate about, you end up wanting to do it 24 seven. Mm -hmm. Um, I find myself working seven days a week and people are like, let's hang out. And I'm like, I got work to do. And they're like, it's Sunday. And I'm like, yeah, animals, animals need time. Like every day, like you can do something for them every day. So I think narrowing down my focus 
because I, I did specialize, right? So we did start with crested geckos and then we went through like the New Caledonia species. And then I was like, I want everything. So now I literally work seven days a week and I love it. I'm not, I just, oh. Yeah. But also find time for yourself because Absolutely. your mental health, your physical health, like your family, like mm-hmm. your friends. Yeah. Don't shut them out because you're doing too much. Yeah. And I, that is super important because mm-hmm. it can be burnout is real. Like burnout is so real. real. Like you yeah. work so hard to take care of others, mm-hmm. other creatures, not even humans. Yeah. It's, it's still a lot like, and you sometimes forget to take care of yourself. And exactly. We've, I think so we've all I been there. Yeah. The number one thing you have to realize that, yeah, you have all these amazing animals and yeah, like, to you, they're number one, they come first. But really, you have to realize that if you don't take care of yourself mentally and physically, like, mm-hmm. they're going to suffer as well. Yeah. So take care of yourself, do what you're capable of, like, mm-hmm. don't overwhelm yourself, because you want to do so much, especially so quickly. And if you need it, don't feel f- afraid to ask for help. There's so many people willing to help you, like, you just have to find them. And you just have to ask. Yeah. And I think that that this is kind of off topic, but, you know, people who need to rehome their animals, um, you know, every, there's this like stigma or they think that people are going to judge them, et cetera. No, I'm going to applaud you if you are going to rehome your animal because you Absolutely. know that you are doing what's best for them. So yep. don't feel Absolutely. guilty if you have to rehome an animal because it's too much for you. You are number yeah, one. Yeah, like I commend people for that, for realizing that, you know what, mm-hmm. I'm overwhelmed or this mm-hmm. isn't working out for me. And find the right people to rehome to yes. um mm-hmm. there are resources for that so yeah. you just have to ask yeah absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely so that that's i think that's all very important yeah. um all right so this one's a fun mm-hmm. question if you could go okay. back and give your 18 year old self one piece of advice what would it be do it <laughs> do it <laughs> everybody just do it it's the theme so 18, okay 18 year old me right <laughs> i was so i wanted to be independent right away 18 year old me like i'm gonna do this like i don't want to be under my parents roof so mm-hmm. i did move out when i was 18 and yeah. if you don't that's fine if yeah. you do great like just have a plan yeah um but also i think having a plan also kind of takes away from living because you start over planning right so you're just like oh when i'm ready for this i'm gonna do this Mm -hmm. to an extent that's perfect like you should have a game plan like that but also over planning like when it comes to your own life like Mm -hmm. you'll wait forever to do something you'll never be ready you're waiting for that yeah absolutely so for me i okay so i went to school like I it started part time because mm-hmm. I was working full time, mm-hmm. and yeah. then as I was working more, school kind of took the back burner on that. Mm-hmm. And then my reptiles, like it was just a hobby. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't really do it as a business until I was like, you know what? Like, why am I waiting for after school or mm-hmm. after work or when I get this part in my career? Like, if you really want to do animals and you can facilitate that, do it. Like, have a plan for it. Do it. Have fun with it. Like, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for me. Like, if I could give myself advice is what are you really passionate about? Like, what? Like, don't ever regret not doing something, yeah. right? Like, especially yeah. like if it's for you and, and I say that 
with a grain of salt like just as long as it's not hurting anybody else like yeah. yeah if it's something that you're so passionate about like do it like yeah. do it for yourself like just for sure you got it so if you want the reptile career if you want it like you gotta do, do it. it yeah yeah it. you got you gotta <laughs> try you gotta try and if you're worried about failing like just have a plan like mm -hmm. like reach out to people like hey you know this is what's going on how can i fix it mm -hmm. you know yeah, and absolutely. doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result like don't do that no no like it, there's even now like i've been doing this for so long and i always think in the back of my mind how can i do it better yeah and not just better but how can i do it more efficiently how can i like save time how can i do yeah. better by them you know yeah absolutely so. no i think that's super important yeah my answer yeah do it do it. <laughs> do it i think that's great i'm all about this positivity it's really good it's really really good yeah um so i have one last question and it is, mm. what's one question that you wish I asked and how would you have answered it? You know, honestly, because I could talk about reptiles like all day long. So. <laughs> <laughs> I will. What is one question that you didn't write down and you wanted to ask? Oh, me? God. <laughs> oh, spin it around. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think, hmm. We should talk about what is something. Give me an odd factoid about the Tegu. Something. Oh my gosh! You know what? <laughs> People don't realize that they can drop their tails. Don't grab them by the tail. Like it's rare. It's rare, but there have been. It hasn't happened to me. But there are people on like this, like online that have said, "Oh my god, my tail threw its tail at me." Like, that can happen. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> <laughs> okay it's not like a crested gecko like it's not going to spook and then drop its tail like it has to really really feel threatened to have mm -hmm. done that yeah um yeah but it can happen uh -huh. and if it do if it does they actually regen part of their tail oh. so depending on how much they're regening it's not going to be like a gargoyle gecko where it's like fully regen like mm -hmm. they're going to have like a little like or at the end sometimes like the like Might they'll see. get their tail nipped off at the the, the very end, and that kind of like grows back like squiggly, <laughs> little silly tails. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So people like when you see that squiggly tail, it's not a kink. It's not a defect. That is them regening part of their tail. So if you're saying like, oh, that one has a kink tail, like, yeah. Huh. <laughs> well, thank you for telling me that because I, I believe, M told me that they could drop their tails, but not like drop drop like like it you know, like a trauma traumatic thing could happen and they could lose their tail. It breaks off. Yeah. Yeah. But if it actually has but usually that has it happens it in like that star it happens. Type shape that like crest. That's what I've seen. Oh. That's what I've seen online. That's what I've heard. But I've personally never had it happen yeah. to me. So I can't yeah, tell no, you like no. as a fact. <laughs> we don't want that to um, <laughs> Yeah. But I've from what I've seen online, I've only seen a couple of examples of it. They're mm -hmm. on younger tegus, mm -hmm. like they're like juvenile size. Mm -hmm. Um just before the the guberty stage yeah. or during the guberty stage yeah. so um ah. I, I haven't seen an adult do it yeah yeah mm -hmm. that's very interesting and especially like you don't like their tails are it's thick or, can you yeah and it's oh. not even like at the butt end of the tail it's like kind of like like okay. further down oh like a, like in like one of the segments of like oh interesting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. wow that's I don't want that to happen. There's always something to learn. Yeah, you know? no, that There's... is a very, that was a, an excellent fact. That was yeah. something that I don't think a lot of people are going to know. So that was 
brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> so I guess that's all I have for questions. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I think we went over so much good information. Um, your tegus are amazing. I am ugh, your you. reptiles are just everything about you is really amazing. You're just just a beautiful person inside and out. Oh, and I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. So yeah, thanks for having me. Like I like I said, I could talk reptiles. I could talk animals, you know, like being vet tech, right? Going to school. Like <laughs> what I, do we want to talk about I'm, next? <laughs> like people haven't even asked me. I'm like, do you want to talk about livestock? Like you want to, you want to talk about cows right now? And they're just like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I can literally talk about any animal like, oh let's go all right casey talks critters cow episode coming up <laughs> all right guys thank you so much for watching again it's been another episode of casey talks critters i have jess with me and we talked tegus we learned a ton we learned that tegus can drop their tails what that's wild make sure you like this video subscribe to our youtube channel and hit that notification bell for more episodes like this we'll be back next month thanks for watching